0: You've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Black Man with a Gun Show. This is episode 392. We're talking hunting this week. A little bit of zombies. I got a chance to talk to my friend Barbara from Women's Outdoor News. Saw a high-speed rifle that I got to tell you about. And there's some news about Shanine Allen's case. All this and more coming up next. Boom, 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 boom. (laughs) This is the Black Man with a Gun Show. Pro-Gun Podcast, and I'm your host, Ken Blanchard. Welcome back. If you're a long-time listener to the show, you know I don't change things up again, but this is like the last home stretch for 2014. you got to do some stuff for the fall season, you know. Grandma taught me that. If you're new, my name is Ken Blanchard. I'm a 20-year-old gun rights activist. Yeah, I've been at this for a minute, and this podcast has been going since 2007. It's my job to entertain, educate, and enlighten, and I'm here for the cool people in the gun community. After John Wayne leads us in the Pledge of Allegiance, we're going to get on with episode number 392.
1: I pledge allegiance To the flag of the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
0: This is probably one of my favorite times of the year. We got about 90 days before the end of 2014. This is zombie hunting season. I kind of put two together. It's a time when uh, Walking Dead and folks start talking about Halloween and all the zombie stuff comes out, the targets, the kits, the books. But most importantly, though, it's hunting season. I went to school in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., but spent almost every holiday and every school break with my grandparents near the Blackwater Swamp Refuge in Tidewater, Virginia. And there were hunting clubs on both sides of my grandmother's farm. The first hunters I saw were white guys in pickup trucks with Packs of dogs traversing the outskirts of her property, but always coming across with permission from Miss Mary. There are many people today that don't have people in their family that hunt. I fell in love with fishing and didn't hunt because from what I saw, it was hard work. But I have eaten plenty of game through my uncles, cousins, friends, and from those tall white men with orange hats that shared game with grandma. Hunting is still important, though few of us city dwellers understand it all. It's now set up to reduce overpopulation in a given area to control disease, reduce uh, deer accidents with cars, and reduce crop damage, property damage, overgrazing, and actually to provide food. I live at the end of a cul-de-sac between a railroad track and a swamp and some pro- property that nobody wanted, so I bought it. Um, and it is a haven for all the wildlife left in my area, so I have like a little zoo Going on, and there are tons of deer along with everything else in this little part of Maryland around my house. And because my house was the last to be developed in this area, folks still hunt on it. Yeah, they do. I got a guy who has a tree stand a few clicks inside away from my house. The money that hunters spend on permits, licenses, and stuff is invested in wildlife habitats and research and other agencies that help both the animal and the environment, believe it or not. President Theodore Roosevelt was the hunting president, and he helped pass many laws that are still in effect that save wildlife and actually set aside places that became national parks. Before that, some people were actually using cannons and dynamite to, uh, to hunt with. Reminds me of the uh, Three Stooges episode. Hunting seasons and regulations are still very important. If hunters harvested too many or too little, you could have problems. There'd be too much food for the animal or not enough. I think how it got started was that in late summer to fall, the mating season for many of the herbivores like deer, moose, and elk happened. So the animals then would be more concentrated during the rut and gathering for fall migration. And this was also a harvest time for locals. And the ambient temperature was getting lower, allowing for less spoilage of meat. So it kind of came to this part of the time of the year. But Back in the day, people hunted all the time. If they were open hunting all around, like it used to be, we could actually cause some animals to become extinct on our watch. Actually, I'm kind of glad because um, there's probably about six deer that have been pruning um, my bushes and my trees, and I have no flowers. But, hey, they got to eat too. If you want the... Uh, Regulations from Maryland, Virginia, and West Virginia, or a calendar, I have the links for the PDFs for hunting seasons for Maryland, hunting seasons and dates for West Virginia, and I got a full-blown hunting and trapping in Virginia regulations digest you can download as a PDF um, from this episode. How cool is that? And I'm not really even knowledgeable about hunting animals, but I do know how to hunt men. What's
1: a dazzling urbanite like you doing in a rustic setting like
0: this? All right, let's talk about zombies for a hot second. Probably almost four or five years ago, I told a story on this show that gave birth to a a two-and-a-half-year cliffhanger series called Zombie Strike. And the theme of the episode was based on the backyard tradition of me grilling hamburgers and hot dogs for dinner at the end of the summer. So to spice up the story, I added some sound effects and Asked in a dream sequence kind of way, what would happen now if zombies invaded my cookout? And I had a really good time with it. So as I stood in the backyard flipping burgers in the sun, I imagined the horde of the undead rushing my warped and raggedy picket fence until it fell. And the onslaught left me no recourse but to retreat to my home defense shotgun and uh, stand my ground. I placed well-aimed shots at the heads and uh, until the ammo ran out. One of my now, very good friends, was a fantasy writer that took the characters from my tale and went nuts with it. Um, he wrote a story called Zombie Strike Doomsday, which you can now get on um, Amazon. There's a link to it you can find it at um, BlanchardMediaGroup.com. And what was even better was that he gave me a new chapter to read every week on my podcast. And the chapters ran from 15 to 20 minutes in length. And it gave me a chance to try my hand at narration and character voices, even though my British sounded like South African. It was a stretch. This was long before the AMC series Walking Dead became my favorite. And uh, it was also before a lot of people in the firearms industry started making everything for the zombie apocalypse, ranging from lime green colored boxed ammo with hazardous material marking, or the CDC even put out something what to do with zombies attack. And for a while, I was riding that wave. It's kind of nice to be ahead of the trend. Last week on Zombie Strike. I think you can still check out Zombie Strike. I think Derek has all the episodes now on his site, Derek-Ward.com. You see, I've been trained to watch for trends. And one of the trends actually came from the references I've been reading about. This fictitious zombie apocalypse. You know what the zombies taught me? The zombie stories taught me how ill-prepared most of us are to what's happening today. In some, we aren't in control of anything. And those who have problems with me saying that are the most incapacitated. Yes. I remember when the power went off in our house and my wife was slapping the wall like a fool. Over and over again because she just couldn't imagine a life without, you know, hit the switch and the light comes on. When we lost power and subsequently all our food 30 hours later, I learned the necessity of having a backup power source. Oh, goody! My eludium Q36 explosive space modulator. Collectively, we have made fun of survivalists until we are all trying to find bottled water the day before the forecasted hurricane, tropical storm, or big snowstorm. It's no longer fun and games. It seems like every national disaster recently has been supersized. When it rains, there is mass flooding. When it earth shakes, it's swallowed up in giant sinkholes. Fires have become infernos. It looks like we've become weaker as a people. And I wonder if it's just the natural order of things. Every generation gets more susceptible to allergies. Um, kids that came after my son are now allergic to peanuts. And it at least just goes on. In the zombie stories, you don't have to be fast just faster than the person in front of the zombies. In the zombie movies, rarely are the zombies athletic. They're just constant, like a bad storm. Seems as if you prepare, you'll survive. Louis Pasteur says that chance favors the prepared mind. I tend to believe that. Hopefully you get my drift. This show is part of the Blanchard Media Group Network. Blanchard Media Group is sponsored by CrossbreedHolsters.com. When you get a chance, go to BlanchardMediaGroup.com and check out the links. Being an armed citizen means having a gun with you all the time. Carrying a firearm every day requires a holster that is both concealable and comfortable. Whether you choose our Super Tuck Deluxe or Mini Tuck. You'll have the confidence that comes from being discreetly and comfortably armed, prepared to face unforeseen dangers. Crossbreed holsters are handmade in the USA, come with a lifetime warranty, and a two-week try-it-free guarantee. Order your holster today at CrossbreedHolsters.com. In case you haven't heard, Shanine Allen is going to now avoid prison as that New Jersey Attorney General revises the sentencing guidance for gun law violations. And I'm getting this from the NRA ILA report. In a stunning outbreak of sanity for the Garden State, Atlantic County Prosecutor Jim McLean has reversed his earlier decision to seek prison time for Shanine Allen, the single mother from Philadelphia who was facing felony prosecution for misunderstanding concealed carry reciprocity rules. The decision came after John Hoffman, acting New Jersey attorney general, issued statewide guidance to county prosecutors clarifying the application of New Jersey's mandatory sentencing scheme to certain minor firearms violations. These developments meant that not only will Ms. Allen and her children be spared the ordeal of her facing a felony conviction and lengthy prison term, even though they said they were going to do it anyway, um, but the other travelers who unwittingly violate New Jersey's Harsh and draconian gun laws may also avoid a similar nightmare. I thought that is just too cool for school. And depending on who you talk to, uh, my hat's off to Evan Napping out of Jersey for just doing what he does best. And everybody who contributed to her case, I don't care which um, thing, outlet you found on it, it's just too cool. And, and thank you for doing that. Money makes a difference in this crazy world and sometimes you got to help people that you don't really know because it all comes back around. Miss Allen joins um, a lot of unsung civil rights heroes and uh, thank you guys for being for stepping up like you always do so a quick shout out to Evan for representing and uh, just you guys for doing what you do. If you're listening to this show, I know you had a hand in it, so I thank you for that. All right, product news. Back in the day, um, there was something known as a Dragon, M47 for you jarheads. It was like an anti-tank, anti-tank missile system, uh, actually phased out of the U.S. military back in 2001. Um, the Javelin system replaced it. It's, it was a wire guidance system used in concert with a high-explosive anti-tank warhead, and what you did with this thing was you had to tag something It was kind of like a laser. You tagged it, and then the big bombs followed it. Kind of similar to the Mule system, modular universal laser equipment that the Marines have now. Big old sucker. You had to carry this thing around, and you would mark uh, or laser range find a uh, target. It was a whole bunch of stuff. But, you know, they've mounted all that stuff and made it, Mountable to a rifle. There's a company now called Trackpoint out of Austin, Texas, that has created a personally laser guided rifle system. And they will build you this rifle from scratch in different calibers. Um, The one that I'd probably get if I could afford it would be a 308. And it's kind of like the cell phone. Remember when the cell phone was a big old brick? I still got a couple, I had a cell phone collection. Um, I wouldn't turn my stuff in like i ha- I got one of those giant clam ones that's it's probably as big as a brick right now, but you fold it that was the top of the line man back in the day. Well, now they got a system that you mark your target, pull the trigger, and when the gun gets back on your mark. It does all the dope for you, all the windage, all the elevation, in millimeters and degrees and seconds. It all calculates the stuff, and you shoot the shot excellently. It makes you a sniper, and it's made for hunting thousand-yard shots and further. It's amazing. There are there's a video, whole documentary on the website. Check it out for the show notes for this episode, and you will be amazed. It's called Tracking Point. See, what prompted that whole thing was I got a, um, I don't even know how it happened. I think somebody sent me a press release, and I did it. You no, know, I checked out the site, and I was like, OMG, baby. Look at that. Precision precision, precision guided firearm. If I could only speak, um, it's tracking-point.com. Get the whole deal there. And I got a white paper link on the show notes for this episode so that you can see it for yourself. Um, and the video, man, is just a monster. Right now, again, like I said, it's like a cell phone. Cell phone, a big old huge thing. You could actually hook this thing up to your iPad. Um, you and your spotter don't even need one. You can kind of sit there, put the thing on the tripod, and, and do it like a video game. But I suppose it'd be really good for shooting long-distance elk out in Wyoming when the season comes. And eventually, it'll move on down. It'll get smaller and smaller in a couple of decades, and be as big as an aim point, probably. Isn't that something? You Got to see it. You look at it now and just think of how small it's going to be, and it won't ever replace the sniper. Not really. It just augment it. It'll just be make us better uh, doing our job. But right now, it's a monster. If you're an early adapter and you just got to have like the cool stuff, you gonna want one of these. I just know it. It'll be a shot show. Speaking of shot show, this has nothing to do with the news. This is a personal question to you. If you go on a shot show yourself, can you tell me why? I'm having like a crisis of competence, or is it confidence? It's one of them big words. I'm not sure. See, I've been so many times, and except for the hugs and being around with cool people, I haven't gotten squat from it, from the industry. So, I need a little help with that. Even though every year things get better, uh, more folks in the industry know who your brother from another mother is. Sometimes it just doesn't equal. So I'm just trying to trying to gather myself and not waste you know my time or my money, which I don't have much either. So help me out. Let me know. Tell me. Send me a note. Say, so, hey, man, it'll be good for you because of X. Need a little help with that. Help your brother out. He's, he's just asking. And that's it for the news for this week. One of the cool things about this show and me being an activist is I've traveled across the country. And in my travels, I came across a young lady who could have been my sister just in our likes and experiences so I call her that. Her name is Barbara, and she's up next. Barbara, welcome back to the show. Hi, Ken. It's been a minute. Where you been?
1: I've been here. You know, I've been everywhere. Like I said, it Johnny Cash song? I've
0: been everywhere, man. Yeah.
1: Yes. They're 2,000 miles from... Arkansas from missouri my home base down to arkansas to compete in the world champion uh, squirrel cook-off where we took 12th place out of 39 which i didn't think was too bad mm. for women's outdoor news team you know top third and then we went on, i went on to the te- to a teal hunt uh, teal hunt for tenacious women sponsored by becky lou outdoors girls hunt out program and it was te- it was a uh, It took place in Lake Arthur, Louisiana, which was an amazing place with beautiful marshes and duck blinds from Doug's Hunting Lodge. I have to give him a shout out, Ken. It was incredible.
0: Okay, I'll make sure I get the links from you so I can put that on the site, too.
1: Yes, but Lulu's Marsh, it was, well, heaven on earth, really. And then, of course, the ducks came in, and that was even more fun. How many did you get? The first day we almost limited it. The limit was with six each. And the second day we didn't do quite as well at our blind. We didn't get as many birds coming in, of course. And of course, I'm not the greatest shot in the world. So the first day we I think we got eleven for the two of us. And the second day um, seven, seven. <laughs> a little embarrassing.
0: It's all good. Hey, all right, well, this is true. Tell, tell me about this teal bird. I thought it was a, just a color. I didn't look it up.
1: No, it's a very small duck, and it flits and goes very quickly and has a very short season, and it's, um, you know, they just are like little stealth fighters, the way they fly in and can turn and bank and everything, so it makes it a, vi- it makes it a challenge for a duck hunter, and this is my first duck hunt, so go for the challenge, right? I should have started with geese.
0: I know, something. You
1: know, something fat and slow and looking <laughs> for a golf course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you got some. You said eleven, right?
1: Yes, yes. And I brought home a few other people donated some, so I brought home a mess of them. And I'm trying to figure. I think I'll put them in a gumbo. I'm not really sure, but it was just great because any sport like that, any tradition like that, is very social. In the blind, and so it was wonderful to be with the guides and with the women that came in from around the country, and you really get to know somebody well when you spend a morning. Like that, shoulder to shoulder, standing, looking in the blind, watching the sky. It was, it was, I would do it again in a heartbeat. And I would recommend that your lady listeners and gentlemen who might want to point the ladies in their lives in this direction go to Facebook to Becky Lou Laycock, L A C O C K. And she has a Girls Hunt Out page, and she lists lots and lots of opportunities for women to get together and hunt. First time hunters, experienced hunters, it doesn't matter. It's just the camaraderie and the mentorship that goes on there is incredible.
0: Yeah, I'm feeling kind of left out. I didn't get to go to the Tenacious Teal Hunt myself.
1: Well, you guys are just going to have to put on your own hunts.
0: (laughs) Tis true, that's true.
1: This is right, and you could ride your motorcycles to them.
0: See? Touche.
1: Yes.
0: So where's the cookbook coming?
1: The cookbook. Well, I am. I am. I don't know. We'll have to. I think we'll work more on perfecting our squirrel. But that was delicious too. It was a smoked squirrel with pork butt over it, dripping onto it, smoked over cherry and sassafras. We had 30 squirrels. Pulled them. That's that's a feat in itself to pull squirrels. Put them in the cooker, and people were amazed at the flavor of it with the hickory flah. They just couldn't believe it was squirrel. We couldn't either. (laughs) Like, wow, this is good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love squirrel, and it's not even that fancy when I eat it.
1: Well, how do you like it? Just cooked. Just cooked, like pressure cooked, or cooked with gravy, put in gravy, or
0: yeah, smothered in gravy.
1: Okay, gravy. A lot of people say dumplings, making me hungry. It's about that time of day.
0: Uh, That right. Mm Mhm. So, women's outdoor news this week.
1: Women's outdoor news is just I. I'm constantly amazed. I wake up. I love looking at it. I love working with the 15 columnists that we have now. And one of our columnists, our newest one, Anidra, just went fishing in Iceland for cod last week. But while she was there, she happened to climb a glacier and fly over a volcano. Now, this chick, misadventure as well as fishing all over the world. So she's got the life. I live vicariously through these women. Of other women who are getting ready to go to three-gun competitions. And, of course, Mia Anstein is out there hunting elk and whatever is in season out west. And they're everywhere.
0: You guys um, just make me feel like a couch potato. I'm going to start my podcast off, call it dot uh, armchaircommando.com or something like that.
1: Well, I don't know. You just enjoy our our adventures and live vicariously a little bit through us, and then maybe it'll just spur people to kind of figure out if they want to do that, and, and then you can you get motivated sometimes yeah, when totally. you see other people cool. really enjoying it. And now I do. I I want to buy a motorcycle now. Oh, that's
0: cool. We'd
1: it have to have three wheels. The,
0: the, yeah, <laughs> the, what is it? What are those called? Trikes. Tricycle. Trikes, or you can get the Can Am with the two in the front and the one in the back.
1: Oh. Hmm.
0: Pretty, we'll pretty smashing. i about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they are. They are snazzy. So,
0: yeah. what did you shoot the teal with?
1: Um, is it Winchester? I think it was an SRX. I have to look at that. You know, I always forget those things. Anyway, I always forget the letters. But anyway, it was a nice, sweet Winchester semi auto shotgun in Realtree Max 1.
0: Hmm. 20 gauge. Or maybe gauge. 4.
1: Max 4. That's waterfowl. How many gauge? 20. 20? Mm. Mm-hmm. I was shooting fours and steel. No steel. Yeah, steel. No lead. God. Who's tired? Remember, I, know, right? I just came off a weekend with the Ruger women, so. Mm.
0: Making me yeah, tired. And I don't do anything. And you what? Make me tired and I don't even do anything.
1: Oh, this is not even true. Hey, this guys- is not <laughs> even true.
0: Did you guys use decoys? De- decoys as well as the blind thing? or just?
1: Oh, yes, mm-hmm. we did. We used decoys and those mojo decoys that, you know, that flap their wings. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Some people ethically don't feel that those are responsible in the dove field or the duck marsh, but, you know, they work.
0: I don't even see how they work myself
1: nope I, I don't know i don't know what's going on in that bird brain but something about that motion just probably maybe it catches their eye their eyes better or something
0: because hmm. you, you just think some, something that hunts by sight they should be able to distinguish a plastic decoy but they don't
1: this is true and those but the mojos you know are on a on a stick or on a pole and they're flapping their wings are turning
0: yeah it look pretty real actually
1: and uh, oh here's a neat thing about hunting there of course Alligators, right, in the marsh. Oh, yeah. And put a bird down, and then all of a sudden, a couple of things. Supposedly, you can smell alligators. It smells a little bit sewerish. If that's a word. Oh, wow. There's a hyphen in there. Can, and, and kind of smelled a smell, and then we heard a big chomping sound. And so it had started – it wasn't a huge alligator, but had started eating one of our ducks.
0: Oh, wow.
1: It had been put down. So that was kind of exciting. I didn't get to see it, but we did smell it, and then we went – around to get the duck, got in the boat, and went out into the marsh. And, uh, yeah, we could see where it had been chewed on a little bit. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe alligator duck Dumbo, huh? No, but alligator season was over.
0: The few times that I've been in the water with alligators, I I didn't smell it. Everything smelled the same. might just be my nose.
1: (laughs) It might be, but, you know, I heard there's a study out today that if you're Smell factor is on the decline. They're probably going to die within five years. So there you go. Oh, that thing. Don't so work. live life as though it matters. <laughs> <That> <laughs> you can't work.
0: smell <laughs> a, an alligator. It's like, oh man, that was like twenty years ago. So I'm good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, you are an outlier.
0: Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. So how are we finding
1: the out- odds?
0: <laughs> I, I know, right? I shouldn't even be here right now. How
1: I know? We, <laughs> how, how can we find
0: out about the one?
1: <laughs> well, just check us out on womensoutdoornews.com dot com and Team One on Twitter. We're also on Instagram, Pinterest, and what did I miss? Mean? Facebook. Yeah, I like, I like News. You guys are Instagram. Like, yeah, I thank I like, you. I, I like it's a lot, a lot of fun. We're so uh, we're so photo oriented and image oriented with a masonry page that we have now. Everything has a photo with it, so it makes it really easy to decide whether or not you want to read something. Just look at the photo.
0: That's so cool. You're so social media savvy now.
1: Well, that's all because of Mia. Mia Anstein is a social media editor. Oh, go ahead. Oh, and this month, for, you know, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Mm -hmm. we are featuring a product every day, 31 BAM days of this product is funding breast cancer research. It doesn't have to be a pink product, but we'll be doing that on our social media outlets and just letting people know, hey, if you buy this product this month, so much of it will go for breast cancer research.
0: Oh, that's too cool.
1: Mm -hmm. We're in the pink.
0: Yes, you guys are. Mm -hmm. All right, thank you so much, Barb.
1: Hey, thank you, Ken. (laughs)
0: All right, by now, everybody who is a Patreon supporter should have got your premium. I was really happy to come out, uh, get all the stuff out of my big box safe, and put the collectible sunglasses, the ESSI Pro, and all the books for all the folks who asked for them. And everything's been sent out. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. If you would like to, go to patreon.com forward slash black man with a gun. Well, that's it for this week. I had a great time and I'm hoping that you'll check out the links and see the videos. Cause I got like a ton on this one episode of all the stuff, Barbara and the people she talked about are on there. Uh, the rifle, there's a video there. There's some photos of an elk that you could probably shoot with that precision laser guided rifle. I'm so looking forward to meeting you in Arizona for the Arizona Citizens Defense League members meeting where I'll be speaking on October 11th. If you're in the area, please stop by. If you like what you heard today on this show, please share it. All right, this concludes another week of us being together. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me at blackmanwithagun.com and all my sites on blanchardmediagroup.com. Until next week, Shalom, baby.